0: Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hello,
1: Charlie. Uh, good morning, you, Frankie. You
0: are in a sunshiny mood. I I've tell been you. up
1: since 4 o'clock this morning, yeah. so it's like, like smiling.
2: Could it be <laughs> it, it was because you dragged your poor husband, Elliot, in here?
1: And he kept me company in, uh, on uh, the drive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there you go. Boy.
2: What a snowfall. Now, I don't know whether you got as much as... Not as
1: much as you.
2: I showed Charlie some pictures just outside the, the back door there, the deck. Holy macro, but darn near a foot and a half, anyway. Wow, you know, yeah, it was. It
1: was, it was very windy at our place, though, so mm-hmm. I have no idea what blew, like what dropped, because yeah. it was
2: blowing around so much. Well, exactly. I walked out the back door and uh, went over my knees in a big drift, <laughs> just trying to take some garbage out. You know? Oh God! Anyway, gotta love it. That that's it. But here we are on the garden show. Yes, we and, are. You know, the day is looking much better than I thought it was going to look. They, had, I think, forecasters were calling for a comedy day, but look at it. outside oh, a lot of blue, a lot of blue in the sky. And it was
1: nice and bright this morning.
2: Mm-hmm. So let me give it the phone Do your here. job, my friend. Uh, I have got to do my job. Okay. <laughs> in Toronto, call if you like to talk to Charlie Dobbin. If not, talk to me. 416-360-0740. Then anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866- Seven forty four, seven forty. Our little mantra goes this way: call early, call often, one question per call. And if you happen to... Ha- oh my goodness, oh, I that's did- hilarious! I left oh, my I- little bell. Well,
1: that's okay. Ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. When? That's, yeah,
2: yeah. When I get it back, and you're a first-time caller, <laughs> we should put you- wings
1: on the bell uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. when you think well, about it. Really, I
2: guess I left it on my desk. Uh, out I there. guess you mm. did. So there you go. Hey. I've done my job. Uh, well, most of it, anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. That's the way it goes. Okay. So listen couple of things. I've yes. got updates coming out of my ear, so okay. let me get to it. Do you remember last week, Judy phoned in from Stratford, and she was growing a, a stub of a romaine she had bought, you know, eaten yeah. the romaine, but had taken the, the, the little stub at the bottom, the stump, yeah. with the leaves gone, and was had suspended it over a glass of water. Uh-huh. And now new little leaves were coming up, and she wondered, should I leave it in water, or should I put it into soil? Oh. And then I said yeah. something about roots, and she said, no, there's no roots. So here's the answer to... To that question. And it's actually very trendy what you're doing, Judy. Uh, So trendy that a brand new book has just been published, like hot off the press, called Regrow Your Veggies Mm -hmm. by Melissa Ropak and Felix Lill. Uh, brand new. Just uh, out as of February the 11th, so yeah, it's that new. Growing
2: vegetables from roots, cuttings, and what else? Oh, and uh, yeah, um, else God
1: there. knows. But bottom line is, <laughs> here's what you do. Yeah. Uh, apparently a shallow bowl, if you're going to do that that uh, romaine lettuce as okay. an example. So shallow bowl, uh, just what, what you've done, suspend it with a little tiny bit. You want the the stump or the stem yeah, of that. just the bottom of that to exactly. be in the water. But right? a half an inch uh, covered in water. Oh, okay. You will get the leaves as you're getting and do harvest them because more will come uh, but do avoid the slime in the water so every oh, yeah. week or so wash change. the bowl and yeah change the water right all right, okay. and there's that photo it's not on silent. All right. Um, I guess what we should do properly right now is go to a break because then I've got... It's spring, right? There's lots going on in the, yeah. in the world of horticulture. So based on the time, we should probably go to our first break and then let's come back and All I'll right. give you some of my events that are happening. A
2: very good plan devised on the fly. I love that about you, Charlie. You just tap dance your way through life. <laughs> I'm. We'll be, we'll be back here on The Garden Show very shortly
0: change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio okie dokie charlie now you have a whole whack of stuff there.
2: Uh, let me let me give the phone numbers first, okay? And just let you know what's going on. Uh, and there are lots of lines open. So if you ever thought, well, hey, I'm, you know, I am I call and the line's busy. No, you got lots of lines right now. <laughs> 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. So away you go to the phone lines. Meanwhile, Charlie's going to... Give us a little you. information here, yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, remember the Orchid Show that happened here in Toronto? Well, you were away, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. The Orchid Show happened at Toronto Botanical Gardens. Well, this is a continuation. The Royal Botanical Gardens is home to the 39th annual Spring Orchid Show and sale this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that's in Burlington. The show is open noon to 5 today mm-hmm. and 10 to 5 tomorrow at the Royal Botanical Gardens, 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> If you love orchids or you want to learn about orchids, there's your place to go. And then go a little bit further south, the Niagara Frontier Orchid Society is hosting their orchid show next Saturday, March the 7th, and Sunday, March 8th, from 10 to 4 at the Buffalo and Erie County Botanical Gardens. Mm -hmm. That's at 2655 South Park Avenue in Buffalo, New York. Of course, there's, similar to the Toronto and the Burlington shows, Mm -hmm. displays, demos, vendors, and supplies. So an excellent place to go to speak to experts and to pick up that bark or that special pot that you might need for transplanting. One more thing I'd just like to share Mm -hmm. with you is next Saturday, March 7th, the London Middlesex Master Gardeners present Seedy Saturday. That's from 10 to 3 p.m. at the Carling Heights Optimist Community Centre at 656 Elizabeth Street in London now here 's an opportunity to shop your local vendor marketplace there 's seeds supplies, garden decor there 's regional gardening experts at the all day speaker series of course the all the community gardening enthusiasts will be on hand and there 's annual seed exchange admission is only five dollars, and children under twelve are free and there you go there okay you go. Um, oh, the phone lines
2: yeah, let me just emphasize that again because we uh, we had a little bit of phone problems earlier this morning, but I think they're being solved. So in, like... in Toronto, mm-hmm. okay, sorry, go ahead. Okay, in Toronto, four one six three six zero zero seven forty, and anywhere in the province, toll free 866 seven forty four seven forty. Your property out there in Prince Edward County. Um, have you come along with your planning on what you're going to be doing with it yet or? oh
1: that's a big
2: long story yeah. uh, i know it's a fairly sizable one two-acre lot there?
1: yeah two acre yeah. lot and and it's beautiful i mean uh-huh. we have a uh, lovely forest at the back so yep. back 40 um there's a lovely old old dry stone wall kind of buried in the woods there uh-huh. i think did i i think i told you or i was certainly talking to sean patil while you were away about my hibernaculum which is back there which is a pile of rocks yeah, that have been, yeah Collected by a farmer over the years and I saw a lot of garter snakes there in the fall. Yeah. So I think I'm I've got a hibernating of Cluster or two of, of garter snakes back there, which is very cool. And uh, and speaking of Sean Patil, he mailed me seeds for pawpaw trees. So, pawpaw trees are native to this neck of the woods, Carolinian forests. They are s- somewhat unusual mm-hmm. and um, they uh, don't, you just don't find them for sale in the average nursery. Mm-hmm. And um, he mailed me the seeds and I've got them in my refrigerator and I will be uh, pulling them out of the fridge in the next couple of weeks. And seeing if they will germinate, and starting my own little papaya forestry forest, I should say. So papayas are are make a really neat fruit. That's actually mm-hmm. an edible fruit. It's not like a almost like a mango or a papaya, if you can get to the right. fruit before the. Animals do. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I've got sort of some fun things going on that way, and the planning is is all underway to do horrible things. I shouldn't say horrible, but just seems like such so much money, right? We have to oh. pave our driveway. Yeah, our driveway is it's like a thirteen thousand dollar bill to pave a driveway like it's just crazy gods yeah okay so anyway that's that's hovering also over the all of us but that's part of the deal that's part of the covenant with the county is that we will uh be have a paved driveway i like that covenant uh, well covenant yes well look it looks like we have somebody calling from brantford named ila oh. okay. no maybe yes no. let's try good morning ila are you there?
3: Yes, I'm calling from Brantford. I'm a first time caller. Oh, hey, hold Ding a ling a ling. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> okay. And I have a 30 year old hibiscus tree. Wow. The Hawaiian, uh, Hawaiian, uh, whatever. Mm. And it's beautiful. The largest red flowers. And mm. I've been trying for the last couple of years to get cuttings before I lose it somehow. Oh, yeah. And I haven't succeeded. Can you suggest something? How can I root?
1: Some of these cuttings? Well, I mean, right now, now and for the next two months is going to be your best time to take cuttings, because right now is when you've right. got the new growth starting on it, right? You've got right. Some some nice green tips have been growing just the days are getting longer plant is responding and you're getting some new fresh growth <laughs> so what I would be doing is you know anytime like I said now and for the next two months you want cuttings that are four to six inches long so that's 10 to 15 centimeters long uh, you remove one or two leaves lower leaves and then uh, hibiscus will typically root in a Glass of water, a jar of water. Um, make sure that you know they're tip cuttings. You're taking tip, little cuttings from the tips of your plant, and they are they are typically quite easy to root. Have you tried doing that before?
3: Yes, I did, and I I, uh, I have done it in the past, but uh, I haven't succeeded. I even tried it in vermiculite with roots mm-hmm. uh, uh, powder, but.
1: Oh. I am not succeeding. Well, I t- a time of year matters. So, is it possible that you t- were doing that in the fall, by any chance?
3: No, because I usually give a good trimming to my oh, tree yeah, at uh, end of February, March, because it grows huge hmm. then. Wow! Yeah.
1: Well, there's something funny going on there. Rooting hormone is good if you've got the rooting hormone called stim root. You dip dip your cut end of your little cutting into water, then into the powder, then knock off the excess. And yes... Vermiculite works. Just make sure you keep it moist. Um, Sunny, reasonable, bright spot doesn't have to be sunny. Uh, Remember, with no roots, the plants can sometimes suffer for lack of water. So sometimes we'll put a little bit of saran wrap or a jar over top, make kind of a little mini greenhouse, Mm -hmm. keep the humidity around the cutting. Uh Uh, But again, not in direct sunlight if you're doing that.
3: So. you suggest the same thing what I have been doing I'm an avid gardener and I have oh you wouldn't believe the plants and
1: shrubs and everything I have so Yeah. yeah what you've been doing sounds right I'm not sure why that wouldn't have worked give it another go Okay, all, all
3: right. right. I did do that. Thank, Thank you so thanks much. For
2: calling.
1: Thank you very much for That's uh, giving me a ring. Yeah, yeah, because hibiscus are so vigorous. Mm-hmm. And like she said, she's had it for 30 years. And it's red. The reds are the most vigorous.
2: We've got to pull a halt to the side of the road momentarily. We have some commercials we have oh, to get in. Yes, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. This show is sponsored, for heaven's sakes, you know. Uh, <laughs> and we'll be back to say hi to Maureen in New- North York here on The Garden Show with
0: Charlie Dobbin. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size There's more going on in the garden than you realize Should small creatures become a big problem Then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin Exclusively on Zoomer Radio Here we are Yes, and I just ran out to the uh, workstation to...
1: Get the bell. we got the bell! <laughs> First time callers, come well, yeah. on down. So you know well, what Maureen is calling about is uh, drying tulips. Okay. So I get the sense that maybe somebody somebody special mm-hmm. gave her a bouquet of tulips or some special color or something, and that she's wanting to preserve the flowers. You know how sometimes people do that with yeah. roses or something that's mm-hmm. been given as Hang a gift? upside
2: down sort yeah, of thing. Except yeah, except
1: that doesn't work very well with tulips. They tend to just drop their petals yeah, and you've got green stems and not a lot else. Now there is a suggestion I see on the web that is prior to doing that upside Mm -hmm. down air drying, when they're still fairly they're they're still, the petals are still quite vibrant, uh, you pull out some hairspray. And a little bit of hairspray, which is of course a clear lacquer, Mm -hmm. will help Hold those petals to the plant, Oh, very and so a very light spray all around the the flowers of uh, uh-huh. the hairspray, and then the upside down air dry uh, in a in an airy room. Right. right, right. So that's a suggestion. If indeed Maureen was calling about cut tulips, okay. otherwise tulips are, are easy to mm-hmm. keep forever and ever and ever because the bulbs, of course, okay. just keep coming up. Alrighty, uh, the
2: uh, gremlins are attacking our phone system, but let's see if we can ha- haul in another. Caller here, uh, and a first-time caller too, might oh, I might nice. say. Hey, that's for Ray in Etobicoke. Hopefully he can hear us.
1: Yeah, so what Ray is calling about okay. is how to kill an English ivy. I love it. Oh, really? Because you know what? It's a really good question. English ivy has become a very invasive plant, like a really big problem. Um, oh. We used to think that English ivy was, you know, nice. It grows in the yeah. shade. It's vigorous. It's green. But, you know, they'll go up trees. They'll strangle trees. They'll go, you know, all kinds of parts of your garden where you don't want them. Oh. And before you know it, they're down in the neighborhood. So they grow, English ivy grows as a ground cover or as a wall cover. And I know I had this problem back in my Richmond Hill garden where... Uh I actually hired my son and all his friends to come and help <laughs> dig out English ivy. Oh, man. Because the roots are right. crazy. It's like, they go forever. Well, kind of it's things. like they're like tree trunk roots. I mean, oh. you think it's just a s- simple plant with shallow roots, no, but no, no. you got to really dig down and get the roots and out. And you
2: can't leave any of them.
1: No, yeah, you can't leave right any of them. Again. So honestly, Ray, to get rid of English ivy, I had to kill, I guess, depending on where Ray Ray's um, English ivy was growing, mm-hmm. if it's a case... I mean, yeah, it's hard to say. If it's a case where it's a ground cover and it's covering the garden and you want to get it out of there, obviously you can pull and pull up all that you can see. It's mm-hmm. an evergreen plant. It's there year round. Wait till the spring, get in there, cut it, pull it, do what you can and get all the roots out. If it's one big old plant with a serious root system that's either up your wall or up a tree, you may need to be a little more, um, you know, serious than that in terms of destruction of the root. Mm-hmm. So depending on where the root is. Righty-ho. I had a Boston Ivy once that I unfortunately planted up against the house because I had this vision of how great it was going to be and then yeah, ultimately yeah. it wasn't what I wanted <laughs> and it was a big mistake and it was very hard to annihilate that Boston ivy. I eventually... Would that be, it, it
2: caused damage to your foundation?
1: No, uh, more to no? the the mortar. Okay. And leaves... They got little suckers, eh? They hold on oh, the walls yeah. with these little mm-hmm. suction pads and they leave all the suction... And wasps make their nests inside. Yeah. Like It's all So just, it's
2: not, not it's good. ultimately
1: <laughs> not good. So, like I said, big mistake. This, yeah. We learn. We learn by doing stupid things, right? (laughs) Right. But um, uh, anyway, we eventually got out um, road salt. Road salt, poured that on the root. That killed it just fine. But, of course, it does make the soil in that area toxic, so you don't do that where you've got a garden. Um, Exactly. Yeah, so, Ray, you know, let us know if you can uh, more if I haven't answered your question, which reminds me, we are rebooting our system, but if anybody would like to, if you've phoned in and I've tried to answer your question and I haven't done it quite right, feel free, you can email me. And keep
2: in mind the podcasts, Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's usually by about Wednesday that the Garden Show will be on podcast, which you can get to. Simply go by going to Zoomer Radio, mm-hmm. the web page and it says, you know, shows, schedules, and there's Posts podcasts. And, podcasts, that's
1: right. and then scroll you down there. to the and Garden we're Show. there
2: for what the last eleven years, down here. I think so. Yeah, so, going on twelve years. Yeah,
1: yeah. Or my email address here at the station is C. My initial C for Charlie. Dot Dobbin. So C. Dot D O B B I N. At MZ Media, that's one word, right. MZmedia.com. Gotcha. And okay, so there's that. If I haven't answered your question thoroughly,
2: you know, I'm looking at the date and the calendar, of course. It's oh. leap year, it's the Today's 29th. Leap day? Yeah, yeah leap, Happy day. leap day. And so you've got a little information about Leap Day. I did
1: my research. Oh, you are, are you interested? Yes, I am. Okay. In some places, yeah. Leap Day has been known as Bachelor's Day. Whoops. Here we go. A man was expected <laughs> to pay a penalty, such as a gown or money, if he refused a marriage proposal from a woman on Leap Day. Oh, because traditionally really? men propose to women, right? Yes. But on Leap Day, women are allowed to propose to men. This is... Going back uh-huh. in history. So, in many European countries, especially in the upper classes of society, tradition dictates that any man who refuses a woman's proposal on February the 29th has to buy her 12 pairs of gloves. Oh, and or, that could, I'm sure, be kind of expensive. And you know why? Because the intention is that the woman can wear the gloves to hide the embarrassment of not having an engagement ring. Oh. I'll During the Middle Ages, there were laws governing this tradition. Like, this is serious stuff. Well. I'm telling you, Bachelor's does, Day. Does
2: that, does that still exist in some uh, countries, you know? Or no? I don't think so. I don't think so.
1: I, I, I'm hoping yeah. this is really, really old. <laughs> old. But, but it is fun. I mean, you, you, yeah. you, right off the top of your head, you were wishing happy birthday to who? A uh, Couple of people. Oh, Glenn
2: Miller and uh, oh, Glenn. Jimmy Dorsey. There you go. Yeah.
1: Then they're born on the same year. You said. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. cool. Uh, all right. Well, we I, might
2: we might have a call coming in. We here.
1: might not we might have a call coming well, in, but we can try. Jim, not,
2: front calling in from Strabane. Uh, let's see if Jim's on the line. Good morning, Jim.
1: Yeah. So we can hear him. But go ahead. Ask your question. Yeah. What, what's your question? He can't hear me though. No. <laughs> redbud tree. That's all okay. I know. Red bud. Maybe hmm. where to get it or how to... I uh, wonder what he wants to know about red bud. Red bud is a, a beautiful tree. Native. Yep. Proper name is Circus canadensis. Kind of tells you it's from Canada. Beautiful heart-shaped leaves cool. and phenomenal flowers in the spring glow in the dark bright fuchsia pink flowers that are tucked very tight along all the branches the tips of the um, stems branches it's a fair it's a zone six plant so you've got to live in a mild enough part of Ontario to be able to grow this plant or yeah. uh, parts of New York obviously you could grow it as well certainly near the lake I, I planted one at my brother's house when I did his yeah. garden design and it's lovely it does very very nice uh, nicely grows very beautifully there but um, but it's not a hard plant to grow as long as you're mild enough. Uh, I, I first time I ever saw one in full flower was just outside Chatham. Yeah. You were part of yeah. your old stomping grounds when you were a mm-hmm. kid. And it was this big monster tree, like, you know, 40-foot tall, old tree on a farmhouse, yeah. farmstead, as I'm driving mm-hmm. along some country road outside Chatham, glowing pink. And I slammed on my brakes. I was like, what is that? And I, you know, by stopping, I was able to see more clearly yeah. that that was a, like a full-grown Sources canadensis. They don't get that big into the Toronto area. Mm-hmm. That was down in the Banana Belt there in Chatham area area. So lovely, lovely tree. Now we
2: we'd mentioned of course this being uh leap day. Yes. Uh and so tomorrow, first of March, mm. a lot of people now are gonna start to get cranked up like how long if, uh, uh, come you know in what like happens. a lion, goes out like a lamb, yeah. you know or right vice versa. Uh, w- folks are getting r- really turned on about getting their gardens going. And a lot of people are now starting to grow stuff inside. That's right. To get prepared to.
1: Particularly uh, the millennials. Seeds and what have you. Yeah. Did you know that? The millennials, in my experience. Obviously, oh, really? Partially because I'm teaching yeah. so many at the school, but even in my my children and their friends, they're all about starting seeds. Vegetable oh, seeds. isn't that interesting. Uh, edibles. They uh, love uh, their
2: edibles. Is this a, a, a much improved situation regarding that as opposed to past years? or? Uh, uh, well, it's no, seed, at,
1: like the vegetable seed business really took off about started about 10 years ago and hasn't abated whatsoever. <laughs> okay. But it's just interesting because we tend to think, you know, we, we sort of stereotype that gardeners mm-hmm. tend to be the retired crowd that has more time on their hands and they're going to putter around in their gardens and yep. grow some African violets. But no, there is a, a whole generation that's putting a lot of effort into not just puttering in their gardens, but mm-hmm. actually growing and taking food growing quite seriously. Right. Um, so interesting that you would bring that up because I just, this past week, and Gotta love Amazon. It was delivered so quickly. I just um, bought and had delivered a brand new grow light, Oh. an LED panel of lights, which I'm going to install in my mm-hmm. basement to uh, start some seeds. Obviously, oh, there you and go. Um, yeah, it's. A, 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 I just I need that. I miss that. I had yeah. a, I had some grow lights and a grow benches back in my last now, house.
2: You mentioned light. I was speaking to a friend of mine the other day who. Con, well, she pretty well is is uh, convinced that she suffers from SAD, Seasonally uh, Adjusted yeah, Disorder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was saying, isn't there a light that you yeah. can buy? To it's called c- the Happy Light. The ha- yeah. Yeah. What the heck? Uh, is that the name of it? or yeah.
1: Well, yeah. You know, uh, I think they're called. They're under that trade name, Happy Light. There's several sizes. Okay. The the generally speaking, they're all giving out. I think fairly much the same Mm -hmm. uh, wattage or foot candles, depending on how you measure it. But um, no, it's just that idea of spending some time in front of this this glowing light. And uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. The Toronto Public Library has several Happy Lights in the area where people where the chairs are where you can hang out and read magazines and books so this is there's a lot of it's not just anecdotal there's very good good data on why spending like 20 minutes a day in front of a happy light can can make you feel better particularly in the dark dark days of december and january i mean today when i left home at six o'clock Mm -hmm. The sun, the glow was starting on the horizon. Oh, lovely. Days are definitely getting longer.
2: Look, I'm going to suggest we take another little break here and then come back. And at least we'll know a question that uh, Annabelle has for us this morning on uh, about hydrangea. So we'll, (laughs) we, we will deal with that. (laughs) Charlie will deal with that. I'll simply direct the phone call over to her. Okay. Back in a moment here on The Garden Show with Charlie Dubbin.
1: Daffodils and daisies Bluebells and begonias
3: Forsythia and foxgloves, Marigolds, magnolia Lavender and lupins Dahlias, delphiniums stalks, fox, hollyhocks
2: Tulips and
0: sweetwilliams You've picked the right place for everything floral this is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
2: Well, okay, Charlie, uh, Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, uh, hopefully going to the phone line here now <laughs> with Aldina, who's calling in from Cambridge. Good morning, Aldina.
1: Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Morning. What's Beautiful going on? Day here. Oh, good to hear. That's good. Uh,
4: Charlie, um, I called you about three weeks ago. This is just a, a little comment
1: mm-hmm.
4: about uh, planting, planting my tulip bulbs that were in the fridge from, from the fall. Oh, yeah. Well, within less than a week, I had some about two inches up from the pot. Okay. So I'm very excited.
1: Nice. I can't wait to see the flowers. And you did put them in the fridge, right? Or had... Yeah, I had them in the fridge okay, from good. the fall. Oh,
4: good. Okay, perfect. And then I had asked you Planted. what to do with them. Yeah, you know, are they going to still do anything? They nice. so said, pond them up right away, so yeah. I did.
1: Excellent. Enjoy and those. Popping out of the ground. Yeah.
4: Beautiful. Okay, my question is about uh, Lucky Bamboo. Mm hmm. I had some in water, hmm. and the leaves were starting to go yellow. Mm-hmm. So I was a little concerned that maybe needed to be potted up. Okay. So I, I potted it into soil, okay. and uh, I haven't seen any improvement as far as the yellowing. And another thing, too, is I'm finding that the soil doesn't seem to be, you know, drying up. It's been about a month.
1: Oh, my. Well, okay, so... Okay, so it was the lucky bamboo is actually a form of dracaena that is grown typically in a vase of water oh. and sometimes with little stones in the bottom, and they are considered a, you know a lucky plant, an easy care plant. So you could have just left it in water or you could plant it in soil. The thing is, when it's in water, the roots that have grown are designed for water. So what's happening now is different roots and more roots have to grow. So the fact that you put it into soil and you put it into a clean, fresh potting mix of some kind, I assume. Yes, I did. That was, you know, sort of sterilized straight out of the bag. You yes. watered thoroughly once. And for now, what I would do is, it likes to be in a bright spot. It does not have to be in direct sunlight, but it definitely needs to be in a bright spot in your home. Okay. Do not water until that soil feels quite dry. It could be two months from now. Don't worry about it. When it, when it is time to water... At that point, you could consider mixing up at half-strength an all-purpose fertilizer, and that will okay. help with that yellowing. So That's that... because like you said half strength, yeah. So if, okay. the, if the fertilizer package, like a miracle Grow, for example, says five mils of the blue powder into one liter of water, you're going to go five mils into two liters of water or, okay. you know, half a teaspoon into one liter. Either way, just mix it so it's, a, so it's just half strength and then do water thoroughly when it's time to mm-hmm. water again with that, that half strength fertilizer. And I think you find that yellowing will very quickly disappear, but make sure the plant is in a bright spot and you did put it in a pot with drainage. Right? Yes. Good. Perfect.
4: You did good. I was just curious as to why it's taking so long for the soil to dry. It never occurred to me about those roots.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah. I never thought of it that those roots are not the same as um, the roots that grow in the soil. That's
1: right. So just give it some time. It's a pretty tough plant. Yeah. Oh, it's likely going to be just fine.
4: Okay, because okay. it was so beautiful, but I was worried about the yellowing. I had it for yeah. like several years, yeah, yeah, and it was yeah, yeah. looking really beautiful. I just didn't want it to continue with the yellowing. right. So I right. decided yeah. pot it up in the, in the soil. Makes sense.
1: All right. Well, good luck. I think I'm it'll be glad fine. i glad get through. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm glad you were <laughs> okay, able to as well. Yeah. Congratulations. Day. Thank you. Happy Leap Day.
2: Let's see if we can make that <laughs> wondrous thing happen all over again. Um, now, I think we might have Lorraine on uh, online from Mississauga. Good morning, Lorraine. I'm from Cambridge. Oh, okay. okay. Is this Diane? Oh, is this Diane then? No, it's Lorraine from Cambridge.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, got it. All
2: right, gotcha. All right. Good morning.
1: (laughs) Hi, Aldina's Um, nephew, neighbor answer
4: this question. Um, I was wondering when is it too late to tap a maple tree for syrup or do anything
1: about that? Oh, not at all. It's hardly started. Okay. Yeah, we we had some nice warm days, what, about 10 days ago? Yeah. uh, Sunny, warm days, and the sap was running quite fast. And so the people that are the maple syrup folk were out there starting the process, but it's been cold since then, so all the sap would have stopped running next week we're going to get some warmth and the sap will start to run again and it will pro- depending on the weather it's likely to run for the entire month of March. Yeah and it's it,
2: that's an experience that all certainly kids yeah. should be taking yeah. part in yeah. where they drizzle that uh, the sap or, over the yeah, snow, the molasses, clean snow yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. make a taffy right I there. I know it's so good. But you know what I love? Yeah. I love
1: the sap. I love the sap before it's boiled down to a right. syrup. It's just it's like an elixir of, of the gods or something. It's just magical. It's water, right? But it's just got that little hint of sugar Sugar. maple. So good. Oh, gotta love it. So, you know, Lorraine, you've got lots of time. If you've got a maple that's begging to be tapped, you've got time to to fool around and get that organized. Just, you know, do your research. Don't over tap, obviously. Don't overtake the sap because the plant needs some of it in order to grow, but it's certainly, um, any maple will provide sap for you if you want to to do that.
2: And Once again, uh, we have to screech to a halt moment Uh, to have a few commercials uh, from our fine sponsors and we will come back to say hi to Anne in wyoming wyoming ontario my friends (laughs) don't get too (laughs) shook up there okay back in a moment
0: don't change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, off we go to Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Hey, good morning, Anne.
2: Welcome to the show.
3: Good morning. Morning. I always like to say I'm from Wyoming and just see people
4: response. <laughs> yeah, exactly. they look at me. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, my question, Charlie, is about um, a Norfolk Island pine. Yes. I bought it at the well-known nursery place of Walmart. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Actually, surprisingly, it's has turned into a very healthy plant. It's about two feet tall and in a probably ten inch pot, I think. Oh, okay. What I'm wondering is would I be able to put that outside once we get some warm weather? Yep. Yeah,
1: you can. It is a tropical plant. So wait till we're frost free. Okay. And then do the very gentle introduction to the real world. Do not put it directly into the sun. it's straight out into the shade for okay. you know a few hours for a couple of days in and out, uh, protected from the wind, protected from the sun, and over a period of ten days to two weeks, slowly move it out further onto the deck or wherever you're putting it mm-hmm. so that it's going to get it be in a bright spot. It doesn't have to be direct sunlight though it wouldn't mind some direct morning light. okay It would not want that hot afternoon western light okay. or southern light. Okay, and uh, and it's going to be fine with the, the humidity and the warmth and everything. It's going to love all that. Okay, um, and so and what, did you just get it this past Christmas? Yes. Okay, so they are a lovely plant. Um, the one thing you're going to watch for, if it's looking good now, you're probably you know good to go for this spring and summer. But when you bring it in at the end of the summer, make sure that you give it a really thorough soap and water wash oh. and rinse before you bring it in. And then when it's in the house, do whatever you can to maintain humidity around the plant because they are very susceptible to spider mites oh, okay. and spider mites show up mm-hmm. when our furnaces are on when it's hot and dry Okay. so um, otherwise uh, yeah great plan, and, and they're sweet right you know it's like a, yeah, miniature, it like Christmas a miniature Christmas tree yeah with if you put little miniature ornaments they, help, yes. they hold up quite well mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> okay. um, right now should I be misting it or anything you or? can
1: it would appreciate misting um, it would also appreciate something as simple as a pebble tray below so a, you know like a cookie sheet with pebbles okay. Or gravel pot sits on top, and you keep water around the gravel at all times, just to okay. keep that humidity high. Okay. Okay. Right. Great.
3: Thank you very much. Oh, thank you for calling. You are
1: welcome. Uh, gee, Diane in Toronto.
2: Maybe <laughs> yes. it's around the corner. Who knows? Let's find out, though. <laughs> welcome to the show, Diane.
1: Hi. Thanks Hi. For g- taking my call. Good morning. Yep. Yeah, go ahead. I have a
4: question regarding the Annabelle hydrangea. Uh-huh. Um, it, it gets worms in the spring, so I'd like to find out um, how to uh, get rid of those and to prevent them come, from coming
1: up every spring. Huh. Yeah, so his, this is the hydrangea where the leaves get uh, knitted together by yes, insects. That's, yes, that's right. Yep. You know what? I don't know if there is a way to prevent those. Um one, a couple things you can do. One is, I guess it kind of depends. Is it, have you just got the one Annabelle or have you got a lot?
4: I have three together.
1: Okay. And, so all three are susceptible to it. Right. And th- last year probably you saw quite a lot of them. So, like uh, hundreds of, of these little pods. Well, that, well they look like I, pods, but they aren't really.
4: Yeah. So I, every year I pick off these little ones that are yeah. stuck together yeah. and stomp
1: on them. <laughs> nice <laughs> and that's it but, but they come up every year I know and I you know what I it's a good question I leave that with me I don't know if there's any way to prevent those they okay. like so many insects they, they come and they go we mm-hmm. have year. you know it's the old cycle with insects so yeah. certainly they have been bad the last few years and for anybody who's not knowing what we're talking about it's a little tiny caterpillar that gets gets into the the growing tips of the hydrangea and then as it starts to go move through its life cycle it's it sends out silky webbing and it protects itself by closing the leaves around and then stitching the leaves together so that the the two the two leaves at the tip of the um stems of the hydrangea look like little pods because they've been all stuck together by the insect that's inside there. One thing people will sometimes do is is cut those just cut them off and of course don't drop them on the ground, cut them off and uh Remove them from the property. You can burn them. You can stick them in the the going out to the landfill kind of garbage. Don't stick them in a composter. Uh, Or you peel them open and you squish the the insects. Mm -hmm. Those are the two things I can think of right now, and I've done myself. But to prevent them, I'm not so sure.
0: Okay. Um,
1: But keep listening. If not this week, then next week I will report back. Okay.
2: Oh, excellent. Thank Thank you, you, Diane. Uh, and uh, we're going to go to our next color, but just before we do, um, if uh, my memory serves me correctly, of uh, the Wellington is where Joan is located, and I remember this little town on the way to Picton. Every summer we we go down to uh, Lake in the Mountain, and uh, well, I can't remember the name of the highway, but you loyalist pass highway. Lo- oh, thank you. Uh, you go through a lovely little town called Wellington, and there's an antique store that just breaks me up. It's called Dead People Stuff, <laughs> and I'm just wondering if I'm remembering that correctly, and and if maybe Joan <laughs> can verify that. Hi, Joan. Hi. Good morning.
3: It must be. My accent. I my accent. I am in Burlington. Ah, oh,
2: no there it is.
1: <laughs> okay. okay,
2: that's okay. Well, somebody else will answer that question for me. I'm sure.
3: Oh, absolutely, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, Charlie. Yep. Last fall, I was talking to you about um, planting bulbs in my tulip bulbs in planters. Yes. I put them in the garage all winter. Now my question is.
1: When is the best time to put them outside? So, are they planted in pots in your garage? Yes, they are. Okay. Uh, well, you know what? Is your garage pitch dark or do you get some light in there? Only if I I go in there. Yeah, okay, so (laughs) it's dark otherwise. And um, so they're planted into planters with drainage holes and potting soil, and you watered them at that time. Yes, I did. Are they covered at all? Do you have any kind of a plastic cover or any kind of a burlap or anything over top of them? No, they're just underneath the patio table. Yeah. Okay, so what I would do is I would... Two things are going to happen. One is the weather's going to get nice, and you're going to drag them outside sometime in the next uh, two to three weeks. Mm -hmm or they're going to start to grow. Mm-hmm. If they start to grow, they're going to be white. There'll be little white noses that are going to stick up through the soil because it's so dark in your garage. Mm-hmm. So if you start to see those little white uh, stems starting to poke through, then again, if depending if, hopefully these aren't too heavy, these planters, because you're going to want to get them out in the sunshine, but if it's going to drop to 10 below zero at night, you're going to want to put them back in the garage. Okay. You can leave them out uncovered, exposed to all the elements once we're around zero. But as, as long as we're more than, you know, more than below zero, you've got to keep them protected in the garage.
3: I couldn't keep them protected outside
1: with plastic or something at night. Yeah, it doesn't work that well. And work plastic that well. isn't really a great protection. Um, so better to almost, if you can. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's that's hard. No big, no, no big deal. Yeah, I think you'll find the weather will break in the next couple of weeks, and that's when you'll take them out and you'll be good. But if they do start to grow, you're going to want to take them out a little sooner. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for calling. Thank you, Joan. Uh,
2: Burlington, not Wellington. Wellington. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Dead people so, stuff. I'm still, I'm still, I guess, <laughs> asking that question. Well, you'll Is have that... to
1: come visit.
2: Because Wellington's
1: are. not far from where I live, as I you know. I know that. Only 20 Prince minutes away. away. Is that right? right yeah. Oh,
2: well dead people stuff. I just love that name. Anyway, uh, hey, been fun show this morning, all sorts of uh, crazy stuff happening with phone no lines here and there, but thank you folks for kind of putting up with that and uh, uh, yeah, helping us out. Yeah, I'm sorry
1: out. that so many of you called and, and I may or may not have answered your questions. Yeah, so I, didn't I think ha-
2: we think the problem is now solved. It appears to be. Yeah. Thank
1: you to Joel for coming mm-hmm. in and Carlos for holding tough. Uh, just a quick announcement. Two weeks from today, we will have a special guest here with us. Her name is Tara Nolan. She's quite well known in the horticultural industry. She's quite the author she's uh, penned several books and she's got her latest book is just you know hot off the press it's called gardening your front yard and then the, I think the subtitle is something about big or small mm-hmm. great ideas for for cool ideas yeah, yeah. for ways to garden your front yard so and she's lovely tara is lovely she's and the, the other book
2: we mentioned right off the top of the show was growing uh from, oh dear, Re, I think
1: it was Regrow Your yeah. Scraps or something. Yeah, that's right. Oh, no, there it is. New book. Yeah, Regrow Your Veggies. Right. Yeah, so I, I'm just promoting that one because it was, kind of made sense based on the uh, call that we had last week from uh, the question of, you know, how do I regrow? How do I keep eating my romaine? Right. Don't give up. Don't run, throw anything away. Just run, keep regrowing. Run, run, run.
2: I can hear the boys next door <laughs> <gunning> <laughs> the engines. revving the engines. Dave's Corner Garage uh, on the way yep. here on Zoomer Radio. I'll be back a little bit later this afternoon from 2
1: to 3.30. You will, with Live in the City.
2: Yes, and That's then uh, tomorrow, a big four-hour extravaganza, oh, of the big band Sunday it. night.
1: Good for you. And,
2: uh, yeah, I hope a lot of folks will tune
0: in
1: for that.